Take your Bible and go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 5, and we'll begin in verse 1, reading down through verse 11 this morning with a message I've entitled, Leaping for Joy, Leaping for Joy. Romans chapter 5, Paul is writing this great epistle, one of the great doctrinal pieces of theology, and we come to this fifth chapter, and we read down through verse number 11. You follow along as I read, because this now is the word of our great God. Romans 5, verse 1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult. Now this is a most unusual word in the Greek New Testament. We exult. Nobody uses this word today, this English word very much. And we exult in a hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulation. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Exult, verse 2. Exult, verse 3. Exult in verse 11. That exult, we'll look at that word in just a moment. Romans 14 and verse 17 says that the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. They were arguing in this first century with Paul about those that eat certain things. Well, then, you know, the Jewish people, they're yes, no, left, right. Or what you drink, you can't, can't do this, over here, do this. But he said the kingdom of God is not what you eat, it's not what you drink. But it is righteousness, peace, and that word that we look at today, joy, joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know how you are in this service, but that 930 crowd needed a transfusion. They stayed up too late and did something. I don't know what it was. But no, I couldn't hardly get anybody to exult. But uh, in a little while, they caught on. And they understood uh, what this word is all about. We find it three times, this most unusual word. Verse 2, verse 3, verse 11. Its translation is varied in 
different Bibles. Some people use the word glory, that we glory in these things. Others use the word boast, to boast, almost to brag about. Then there are those that use the word celebrate, and I'm going to drill down in that word a little bit this morning, to celebrate, or it can mean to leap for joy, I find in a couple of translations, uh, that we exalt, we, we leap for joy, glory be unto God, celebration and boasting, we exalt. Well, what is it that we as believers have this exalting about? What is this boasting? What is this glorification? What makes us leap for joy in the body life of the church? Well, Paul lays it out here for us, and I want us to see these items today of celebration. First of all, Paul would tell us to celebrate the crown of glory, the crown of glory. Look in the first two verses, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you come to be saved, you're justified, you have peace with God. You've been made right with him, you have peace with holy God, through whom also, verse 2 says, we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in the hope of the glory of God. Celebrate the crown of glory. There is great hope. Hope. The hope of glory. Paul said to Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 that we are looking for the blessed what? Hope. We're looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been justified, the Bible says in verse 1, by faith, and we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been made right. If you're saved today, you've been justified. You've been made right with God. You have peace with God the Father, and you glory. You celebrate in this hope, hope. There is hope beyond this world. It is the blessed hope of the coming of our Lord. Now, I've been asked, of course, like many of you, if you're a Bible believer, anytime there's a flare-up in Israel, we get these questions. They come, and people begin to ask, is this the end of the world? Is this uh, the end times? Are, Are we starting into what's going to be tribulation? And is the millennium not far from here? And people start saying, yes, I I have a book that says why Jesus is coming in 1988. (laughs) They missed it. Okay? They set the date. Any man tells you he knows the date, run from them like you'd run from a rattlesnake on a children's playground. No man knows the time. Now there are certain things that get shaped and fashioned and any time that Israel comes to the news like it has been in the news of late with Hamas bringing that uh, action against them and now what's going on in the Gaza Strip, it makes us all go and read our Bible and we look and, and we should. When you turn over in Romans chapter 11, and we'll be there in a few weeks, but just a little sneak peek, uh, if you will, because it fits this part of hope, we, we find that Israel has been hardened. The Jew has been hardened and broken off, and the Gentile, the Bible says, have been grafted in. We've been grafted in to the vine. And verse 25 tells us over in Romans chapter 11, don't miss it, I don't want you to be 
Uninformed, brothers, of this mysterion, this mystery, so that you'll not be wise in your own estimation that as a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved, just as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, he will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. We'll deal with that as we get to chapter 11, a little more uh, in depth. But listen to me right now. The next thing on God's celestial calendar is a trumpet and a shout and he's coming for me and he's coming for you in what we term from the Latin word rapia, the rapture of the Lord is coming. That's the next thing coming on God's celestial calendar and it'll cause you to leap for joy. Hallelujah. He, He is coming to get us and the word literally is to snatch your mama ever snatch you <laughs> my mama snatched me before sometimes it was just a warning I'm fixing to snatch you up Ooh, I've heard that before and if I didn't obey sometimes I got snatched up all right it just jerk you say this away well, let me tell you, the Lord's coming. When he steps out and there's a shout and a trumpet, he's going to say, come up here. And we're out of here. I'm, I'm gone. Uh, raptured, snatched away, taken up with the Lord under glory. That's why you exult. Amen. Amen. That, that, that's why there is leaping for joy. All right, let's have rapture practice. Everybody on your feet. Everybody standing up. Everybody, if you're able to stand, just stand up. Right, we used to do this at my church, and I was a little kid. The preacher used to do it. I thought he was nuts, and then I called on to what the Bible said. All right, everybody, your hands down to your side, and you're standing straight up, real straight. Okay, now, here's what you do. Go up on your tiptoes. One, two. All right, down. One, two, here we go. One, two. Hey, there's a day coming when the Lord shouts and you're going to go and you just keep right on going. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and your friend's going to wake up and say, well, where's John? He gone. He'd he been snatched up. Now listen to me. Everybody's not going. Only those that are under the blood. Only those with a name written in the Lamb's book of life. Only those that have been justified by faith through grace. Only those that have been reconciled unto God. When he comes, he's coming after us. But we're second in line. Because the dead in Christ will rise first. Yeah. I've had people say that's the Baptist going to be first in line. That doesn't mean, that's not what that means, all right? (laughs) Those that have been buried, those that are dead first, and then we that are alive and remain, boom! You say, Preacher, you don't really believe that. Let me tell you, if I didn't believe that, I'd turn in my book, I'd quit my job, I'd go home, and, and I'd go do something else this afternoon. It's the hope of glory. 
Dear friend, you need to be, as David Jeremiah calls it, I love his series, he's been preaching, called Rapture Ready. Are you rapture ready? Are you ready, ready? Rapture ready for the Lord to come. And you know that, friend, if you don't know that you know you know, run to this altar today. Go out there to next steps and say, I need to know the Lord today. One more time. One, two. Be seated. Amen. Rapture ready. We, we got to be ready. Well, my pastor used to do that every few months with us. He'd stand some. He says, have rapture practice. And we'd go up on those toes. And it got my attention. As I said, I thought he was nuts then. But it just made an indelible mark on my soul to say, the day's coming when we're going up. Hallelujah. Celebrate. Celebrate. Celebrate the crown of glory. He's coming again. Secondly, celebrate the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ. Notice what he said in verse number 3. And not only this, not, not only the hope of glory, but we also exult. And then he lists these things. Look, we exult. We, we shout for joy because of tribulation. Amen. Because tribulation brings perseverance. And perseverance leads to proven character and proven character to hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us for while we were still helpless at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Oh, the cross, the cross, the cross. We should exult in the cross. Say, preacher, that speaks about trip. Yes, when times get hard, rejoice because the tribulation will bring about a perseverance and you will go through. That perseverance will Prove your character of who you are, and that brings great hope for you. Christ died for us, and we are justified. Justified, verse 9 says, by his blood. We are justified by his blood. Look, let me read three or four verses here. Look at verse number 10. You've got your Bible open. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved. By his life. Look down in verse number 15. But the free gift is not like the transgression, for if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift of, of grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. Look in verse 17. For if by the transgression of one, he's talking about Adam, death reigned through that one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Verse number 20. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded more and more. Back up to verse number 9. Much more then, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. It's the cross, beloved. It's the cross. Jesus died for us. Verses 5 through 8, many people have often said that verse number 8 is Paul's John 3.16. Jesus said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Paul said it this way in verse number 8, but God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ did what? Died for us. That's the cross. That's the reason we have this cross in, in this glass right up here. That's the reason we'll have that cross and a Christmas ornament that's coming to you. That's the reason... That's the reason the cross 
is, is on the top of this building. That's why when you go out here in the next steps, you, you'll find that there's a crown and there's a cross. With that. We put that cross, cross, cross. We don't ever want you to forget the cross. Friend, you can't get saved by yourself. You can't go to heaven by yourself. You've got to run to the cross. He didn't stay on the cross. They buried him and he rose from the dead. That's the victory. But the cross is where the price was paid. Oh, blessed be the name. Exult in the cross of Christ. Because through his blood, verse 9 says, you've been justified. That word means to absolve, to acquit, to pardon. You, you are free. Dear friend, we live in the age of grace. Grace. And you are forgiven. Now, some of you ought to shout. Just by what I know about some of y'all. What God's done. Let alone what I don't know that you've hidden from the preacher. And from your mama and your daddy and everybody else. But God knows your heart. And when you come running to him, all of that goes under the blood. That ought to make you shout. That ought to make you leap for joy. That your sin has been forgiven. Let, let me tell you. If you knew everything about me that I know about me, you would never come hear me preach again. Wouldn't it? But let me tell you, everything within my soul is under the blood. What has been done, what's happened, what will happen. I'm telling you, I, I am washed in the blood. He takes away my sin. I am justified. I am absolved. I am forgiven. And friend, if you don't have that assurance today, you ought to run. You ought to run to Calvary and, and ask God, oh, please save my soul. Give me what that preacher's talking about today. His blood can wash away your sin. There's an old song about that, isn't there? Yeah. We ask the question a thousand times. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Oh, pretty good John yeah give yourself a hand you you did well <laughs> evidently that early crowd must have had a frog in their throat I, I don't know <laughs> dear friend whatever your sin is the blood will wash it away and you exult in that. You, glory, you leap for joy. Why? Because your sin is forgiven and one day you'll stand at the judgment seat. Justified. Justified. Absolved. Free. Acquitted. Thank God for grace. Unmerited favor. Where God through Christ saves us. There's no other way that you can be saved than to come unto Christ. Not by works. Not by what you do. It, it is by the blood. Celebrate 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 the crown of glory celebrate the cross of Christ and thirdly in our text celebrate now don't miss this celebrate the change in us notice verse 11 and not only this he says it again not only this not just what we say but we also the third time we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received the reconciliation that word reconciliation 
is literally an exchange. You exchange this for that. You exchange your sin for his righteousness. It's like uh, bringing the books of a company into balance. That the negatives and the positive, but you can't pay your own sin debt. He's put his righteousness on your account and your sin on his account, and therefore that reconciles the books, and you stand justified before the Lord Jesus Christ. You got your Bible? Keep your finger right there at Romans 5. Go to 2 Corinthians, just a few pages to the right. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Listen to what Paul said. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anybody in here in Christ, as they say amen. If anyone is in Christ, that'd be you if you said amen, if indeed you are in Christ. He is a new creature. Hallelujah. The old thing's been passed away. Glory to God. Behold, new things have come. Can somebody say new things? Oh, amen. God saved you. There's new things. Verse 18, now all these things are from God who, here's our word, reconciled. He changed us. He balanced the book. He reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We're supposed to be telling others that what God's done for us, He will do for us. He makes us new. Hey, college kids and all the rest of you, I was talking to a college freshman this weekend. This particular kid happens to be a great golfer. Ask him what he shot last. He said 61. That wasn't on the front side. That was... He's, he's headed for the pro circuit. I said, but tell me about Jesus. He said, well, pastor, when I was a kid in high school, he said, I was in the church and I did, went down there and I got baptized. I, I, got baptized. I just did it because everybody else did. But he said, God never touched me. I, I'd never been saved. But he said, between my senior year of high school and my first year in college, he said, God changed my life. And I looked over at him, and he had a gold chain around his neck and a gold cross hanging down in front of his T-shirt. He said, there are kids all over the campus where I attend that wear this cross. And he said, I just want to snatch it off their neck because they're not living for God. He said, they'll tell me. They just wear it. It's just a symbol. It doesn't, there's no life change. Let me tell you, friend, when you've come to the cross, it changes your life. No change, no cross. He said, I just want, and I thought to myself, hallelujah. And here's this kid standing. One of these days, I'll tell you his name when you see him on television. If something doesn't happen, he'll be there one day unless God calls him to preach. That may very well happen too. See, it's not enough to wear the cross. You got to go to the cross. And when you go to the cross, Jesus paid it all. Now, I, I don't, friend, I don't care what you did. There's some wretches in this room. There's some folks in here that was drunk last night. Yeah. Just listen to me. You bring your sin and bring it to the cross. And he wipes away your sin. Some of you failed your family. You walked off. 
Say, can, is, is that unpardonable? No. You, you bring that to the cross, and I'm telling you, he loves you, and, and he wipes that away. Exalt. It ought to make you leap for joy. You say, oh, yeah, there are always consequences. Oh, we, we live with those. But the books have been balanced when you come to reconciliation. Our sin on his account, his righteousness on our account. And when we stand, and you will stand, he looks at us justified. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. Mm -hmm. He wipes it away. He knows your name. I'll go this afternoon over and see Mother a minute. It's been a time or two I didn't think she knew my name. That memory cares, tough. But I'm here to tell you I'm headed to a place where my father never forgets my name. Amen. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. He, when you come to know him, you are his forever. I don't know what I'd do if I lived in the unknown of a theology and an understanding that said, every time I sinned, I lose my salvation. Friend, there's security in Christ. It's not a license to sin. He'll deal with you. But when you've been birthed of the Spirit, you're His forever and ever and ever, world without end. Amen. Exalt His glorious name. Leap for joy because you are His and He is yours. Now, I want to show you two verses. Luke 6, 23. Look at this. It'll pop up on the screen. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. He's talking about when people speak wicked of you and evil against you. Jesus said rejoice in that day and leap for joy for indeed your reward is great in heaven for in the like manner their fathers did also to the prophets. If you're standing for God and, and you're, somebody's running you down giving you a hard time, leap for joy. Amen. Your reward is great in heaven because what they did to the forefathers they're doing to you. Glory to God just standing. And then you get over there to Acts chapter 3 that old boy got healed. And so he, leaping up, he stood and walked and he entered the temple with them. And how did he go in? Like a Baptist? Not quite. Walking, leaping, and praising God. Aren't you glad when somebody gets it? And, and they get it to the place they just got joy in their life some of those people you know they can aggravate you because it's just joy hallelujah amen hey rejoice in them they, they're trying to help you you're gonna have to help them with discipline and discipleship because they're going to go through tribulation at least perseverance and that perseverance lead to proven character and that proven character gets you down to hope amen but it all starts with a leaping for joy. 
Leaping for joy. Leaping for joy. It's amazing to me what we leap for joy about. Oh, we get passionate about stuff. We get passionate about ball games. and We, we get passionate about paycheck raise. We, we get passionate about relationships. Not bad. But let me tell you, there's something that lasts forever. His name's Jesus. And there needs to be joy in your soul to the place that it makes you come to walk and leap and praise the Lord. The word, the weird word is exult. Exult. Don't forget to crown. Don't forget to cross. Don't forget to change that Jesus has brought in your life.